Hey everyone, welcome to our YouTube channel. I had a question for dad that um, I asked him yesterday and I did not get the answer intentionally so that I too would be surprised by whatever it is that he said. We'll see. We'll, well see if the, it's good. He I knows know the subject. He knows the subject. I don't know what she's going to ask. Well, you know the subject. So the question was, <laughs> have you ever felt a specific time in your life that you were judged for your faith? Not disagreed with, but judged. Because I think those are really very different things. I know a lot of people who disagree or don't see my point of view, but feeling truly judged. Absolutely. Can you think of a specific instance <laughs> well, or I can, multiple? If I can particularly think of when I was very young and in school, uh, all the stress and the pressure that I was under because I was being judged because I was Earl Roberts' son. And what I went through uh, from people who uh, did not agree and didn't like my father or, and uh, by virtue of that took it out on me in school. Yes, I faced a lot of that. The, the uh, almost unbearable stress and pressure sometimes, especially if uh, there was something, there was an attack in the media against my dad. Uh, I bore the brunt of it. All of our children in our family did, but, but uh, you know, I, I, I bore it when I was in school. Yeah. Do you think there was ever a time that it had more to do with the fact that you believed what you did rather than who you were, or was it always more towards the one side yes, of who you were? Yes, uh, I, I believed. I believed it very strongly. I believed in the Lord. I believed in what my father was doing. I knew he was a good man, uh, even though he was being painted as a charlatan, a charlatan, I should say. Uh, and, and I had those kind of questions that came up with people who were judging me and criticizing me. But uh, I believed in my heart. But eventually, it drove me away. But not so much the criticism. It was, it was uh, words that came from people who, who, who called themselves Christians. Well, it always is, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, you, 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 expect, you expect an attack from the enemy. But you don't expect an attack why, from those who are around you. Yeah, I think that's and, why you let your guard down. You know, Jesus was bit. betrayed by an insider. <laughs> and uh, sure it hurt and it, it eventually drove me, drove me away from God and drove me away from the church and it wasn't until I came to Christ at 19 that I, I really released those people who had done those things to me and said those things to me and, and uh, judged me and criticized me. It was only then that I was able to release them and, uh, and for some years you know, I held God responsible for that but God wasn't responsible for that at all. Those people were responsible but then I had a responsibility also of forgiving them and letting them go. I think in your generation it may have been a little easier to swallow the Christian values that you were raised with. In my generation it's a lot harder. I don't know about some of you out there. Ian, mm -hmm. I went to a Christian school and it wasn't as bad then but just in life in general I get a lot of flack just for my conservative values as a young person. Well, are you stupid? How could you not think the way that I think? How could you believe that? Religion is the opium of the masses. Well, first of all, no, I'm not stupid at all, actually. And if you want to verbally spar with me, I invite you to uh, take that challenge because it's a lot of fun and I will win. But because I know exactly what I'm talking about. I stand firm on what I believe in and my values and I don't blindly follow just anyone. I follow what I believe in and I stand firm on those principles and I'm not easily swayed. But see, that's where the judgment comes from, I think, is because it's not what everyone else believes. It's we are the minority. Christianity is the minority. People who believe the things that I was raised to believe today are the minority. And I think even in the last 20, 30 years, it has become an even smaller group in the United States than it used to be when well, you were younger. The problem with that group that you're talking about is they want the freedom to believe what they want, but they refuse to allow you to have the freedom to believe what you believe. 
That's yeah. the biggest problem that I see. And I think years ago, 30, 40, 50 years ago, it was a little more mainstream, if you will, to maybe not believe all the Christian values that we do, but to accept them to some point. Now, they're not only not accepted by most people in my generation, but they're despised. Well, you're called crazy. You're called a lunatic. You're called a, a hater. You're, you're called all, all these names. I'm not a crazy. I'm not a lunatic. And I'm not a hater. I'm a lover, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And the, the thing is, I think in your generation, the older crowd might not have always agreed with you, but they didn't target you and, and judge you the same way that younger people are being judged by younger people. That's really, it, it's, it's us against well, each other most of different. the time. It is different now than it used to be. But I'm sure that you had some level of that oh, in your life. Oh, I had much. I had that uh, a, a great deal in my life. For for me at that time, it was a lot of stress. It was a lot of pressure. It was a lot of criticism. It was a lot of judgment. Uh, it may not be at the same level as today, but in my life at that time, well, it yeah, it felt like a great deal of judgment, and it was it was heavy. And I'll give you an example. Uh, when Life Magazine did an expose on my dad in the early 1960s, uh, it just just painted him as a, a like a criminal. You know, and, and they told things that were not true that I knew were not true. When I got to school, kids in the class and the teacher, they had a copy of the magazine and they assaulted me with it. They always do. Uh, uh, it, it was very, very hard. You know, and, and when you're a child, you don't, you don't know exactly how to respond. It just hurts. So what do you do? Well, you, you turn in on yourself and you, you, you run away. What do you do when you know better than that? How do you, well, how do you face that as you, someone you, who knows you finally learn. You finally learn to stand up and say, this is what I believe and I'm not ashamed of it. It's and, not always easy to do, know. especially in a crowd that may be all against you. What if you're the only one? You're the only fish swimming upstream. Yeah, well, it takes a lot of uh, intestinal fortitude. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it takes a lot a of guts. <laughs> is there anything that that you would give as, as a piece of advice for someone who may be facing judgment. It may not even be for their faith specifically, but for something that they believe strongly in. Jordan, I don't know if I've ever told this story on, on TV or on Facebook or on uh, YouTube. Uh, and it, it may sound like it doesn't apply, but I, I think it does. I'll wait till the end. <laughs> I never know what she's going to ask me. Uh, when I was a boy, um, I only lived about... Uh, oh, three quarters of a mile from the school I went to. And so most days, unless it was snowing or raining, I walked to and from. And it wasn't a long walk. I could make it in about 20, 20 minutes or so. Next door, there was a dog. An outside, I used to call him an outside dog. He's outside every day. And every day on the way to school and the way home from school, he chased me. And I was so scared. I ran. I, I, when I left our driveway, I, I ran uh, to get past this house because I knew this dog was going to chase me. It chased me every day. And, and then when I came home, I, 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 I ran past to get in our driveway because the dog was a big dog. It scared me. And this went on for a long time until one day I had had it up to here with this dog. And I remember I was coming home from school one day and here came this dog just chasing, you know, with his teeth bared coming at me. And something came over me. I didn't realize till years later, till I grew up what it was. But something came over me and I just, I stopped running. I turned around, pointed my finger and said, stop it. 
and the dog melted and, and turned and ran back into his driveway. He never chased me again. I didn't realize till I was older that there was an authority that was inside me that I didn't even realize that I had. And sometimes in life you have to say to someone, stop it, that's enough. I am who I am, I'm a Christian, I believe in God, if you don't that's your business, if you're not going to heaven with me, I'm not going to hell with you. Maybe that's the advice that you would give to someone facing well, the judgment? You know, if you don't stand for something you're going to fall for anything. And uh, I'm not ashamed that I'm a Christian. I'm not ashamed that I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm not ashamed that I pray for the sick and see miracles. I'm not ashamed to talk about Jesus in my everyday conversation. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed to do that. And if somebody doesn't like it, well, John Osteen used to say, if, the, if that ruffles the cat's feathers then, of the fur, then let the cat turn around, you know. <laughs> you say that all I the time am still. what I am, and I'm proud that I'm a Christian. I'm not ashamed. Well, you know, a lot of times... Yeah, I'm not a child anymore, you know. Sure. A lot of times, the people who, who come and and say things like that, at least to us, come and comment on our pages and our, our social media outlets, I just have to ask the question, well, why are you following us and watching us if you don't believe in Christianity well, yeah. or what we're doing? Frankly, don't you have better things to do? Because I do. I have so much better things than to internet troll people I don't agree with. I mean, golly, I would love to have that much free time to just sit around and troll people that I don't like. I wouldn't do it anyway, but I'd love to have the free time to do something I liked. Well, Jesus said I must be about my Father's business, and that's what, that's what I'm about. And I know there are people that, that post uh, nasty comments and things like that, but, you know, you got two ears. Let them go into one and not the other. And that applies to, to feeling judged, too. There are times that it's better to just simply be quiet and just let it go and walk away. But when you're facing a situation that you're just being hammered from all sides or you're perhaps at work with someone who just won't stop jamming their dislike of you or their judgment of you down there down your throat perhaps it is a, an opportunity for you to say hey we don't agree on this but I don't appreciate your judgment and you need to stop and back off and, and a lot of times that will shake them up a little bit the same way it did the dog in the yard oh well, you stood up to me no one ever stands up to me well what I tell people you know I, oftentimes people say you know I need to know who to vote for in an election. Yeah. And I always say, I take the candidates and I line them up with what the Bible says. And I try to choose the candidate that comes the closest. And sometimes it's a, it's well, a nobody's race. perfect. You know, so you're not. never going to have somebody who, who comes the closest to Bible values. Yeah. I mean, that's all you can really do. And and if someone doesn't like your political opinions or something, Frankly, we are all entitled to our own thoughts, our own opinions, and thank God we live in a free country. Yeah. But that does not give you the right to well, say horrible things to me and about me for people, disagreeing with you. Some people are, get upset with me because I'm pro-life. I'm for life. I am not for abortion. I don't believe that abortion is in the Bible. I believe that life is sacred, and I believe that life begins at conception. And if you study the Bible, you'll find that when Mary went to her cousin Elizabeth home to announce to her that she was carrying the Christ child, if you remember, Elizabeth was pregnant with who would be John the Baptist. And the Bible says that the baby leaped in her body. Well, something dead doesn't leap. That child inside of Elizabeth was alive. And I believe in, in, in pro-life, I believe in, in, in the sanctity of life. 
And there's a lot of that going on in the news today. And I don't, I don't go out on a limb and preach about it all the time, but, but, but I stand up for what I believe in. And I try to take candidates uh, and, and line them up with the Word of God. What does the Bible say about these issues? Because if you, if you study the Bible, you'll find just about every issue that we face in this world today, you'll find them in the Bible. I asked you once if you, and I, I already knew the answer, but I asked anyway, if you thought the Bible was still relevant for today. Oh my goodness, line is it is. it's more relevant than the internet. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's all these things. It seems like it's so irrelevant. Donkeys and camels and things that you're like, what? Cruise of oil. Ah. Is, is that a jar of some sort? What does that even mean? But when you really look at the overall situations, it does absolutely apply to today. And the same things, the same things that happened to people in the Bible days are the same persecutions that we face today. Yeah. It's so applicable to our lives. And the judgments that, that people in the Bible faced for their faith are the same judgments that we today still face. Now, Jordan, I, I wanna be careful. I'm not being harsh in what I say whatsoever. I don't, I, I'm not, I don't want to be harsh. I want to be, I want to be kind, a soft answer, the Bible says, turneth away wrath. And if, if someone disagrees with me, I'm not going to jump on them. I'm just not going to decide that I'm going to believe their way just because that's the way they believe. I'm going to stand up for what I believe. I'm not going to, I'm not going to jump on anyone. I'm not, I'm not going to talk about how wrong they are. I'm not going to do that, but I am going to stand up for what I believe. Well, that's different. Those are, those are two different things. And often I think we're even judged for that. Standing up for what you believe in and standing firm in something is not the same thing as jamming it down someone's throat or judging them for what they think, whether it's the same as you think or not. And we are targeted often as Christians and others seem to really throw stones at, at least at me and at us. And we're not the type of people who jam our beliefs or opinions down our throat. I don't jam Jesus down the throat of someone who doesn't believe. If there's an opportunity to share, that's something that of course I would share, but I'm not sharing because I'm right. I'm not sharing because my opinion is the right opinion or my way of thinking is right. I'm sharing because I have a wonderful gift and I want everyone to have that gift. I want the gift of salvation for everyone because it's something that helps me. It's something that saves me. It's something that guides me. It's something that I want everyone to have because it's wonderful, not because I'm right. But there are a lot of times that people naturally assume without even knowing me that I'm jamming Jesus down people's throats. And that's not how I am at all. That's not who I am as a person. I'm not a throat jammer to begin with. It's not my style. But there are, there are times that we are judged for, for our faith. And if that's something that you're going through, stand firm for what you believe in without jamming your thoughts and your feelings down other people's throats. Uh, your mother and I were talking the other day. Um, when you're involved in the healing ministry and when you are involved in the prophetic gifting, you're gonna be attacked. Uh, all of my life, I have faced a, an attack from the devil. And that's where attacks come from. They really don't come from people. They come from the devil. The Bible says in John 10 that the thief or the devil cometh not but for to steal and kill and destroy. Well, you understand that. But Jesus, of course, finished the scripture by saying, I come, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The, the, the healing gifts flow through me very strongly and the prophetic gift flows through my wife. So we are going to be attacked. Satan is not happy about the healing ministry and he's not happy about the prophetic gifting. Um, one man said to me once, I I've never seen a family that is more attacked than the Roberts family. And I, I have experienced that 
not happily, but I've experienced that all of my life. You, you girls, you have experienced that all of your life. And it's, it's, not, it's not because of me, it's because of the call of God that's on our lives. And uh, if, you, if you look at the lives of the apostles, it wasn't them that were being attacked. It was what they believed, what they stood for, and the call of God that was upon their life. But it's worth everything. I would rather stand up for God because I know who Jesus is. I know what He means in my life. And I want to share that with people all over the world. That's why, uh, you know, the Lord uh, changed me several years ago from uh, my crusade days, told me my crusade days were over, and that now uh, one of my callings is to, is to help pastors around the world, especially in underdeveloped nations. That's why in the last year I've laid hands on nearly 5,000 pastors worldwide, uh, ministering to them, helping them, laying hands on them, ordaining them, anointing them with oil, because I want to help, I want to help them in their ministries. That's, that's the call of God that's on my life right now. Of course, I'm on television, I'm traveling, preaching here in the United States, Canada, and, and other nations. I'll be in other nations this year helping these pastors. That's the call of God in my life. My crusade days are over. That's, that's for younger men. I was just invited uh, earlier today <laughs> from, from a group that wanted me to come for a healing crusade. Well, uh, I'm, I'm glad that they thought about me, but, but that's, that's a different direction that God is taking me now. He's taking me in, in another direction. The Lord showed me now at 71, there's a new direction He wants me to go with my life. And I'm happy to do that, to share the light of the gospel, the saving, healing, delivering power of God. And it's a joy and it's an honor to do it, to lift up people, not to put them down, but to, but to hold them up before the Lord, believing for God's very best in their lives. And unfortunately, with that often comes persecution. Sure. And you don't have to be in the healing ministry to find persecution for your faith. You can be a regular, normal, everyday job working person who works at the post office or a dress shop or anywhere. Or and a find mom raising children. Mom raising children <laughs> who stays at home with their kids and you find persecution from other moms raising children. It could come from anywhere. You don't have to be in our position to understand the persecution and judgment for what you believe in. It comes with the territory, unfortunately, and if you go back to the Bible, you'll see that this is not new. This has been around since the very beginning. And as much as I wish that it weren't that way and I wish it were going to change, in the world that we live in, I don't see that happening. But I'm not, because of, just because I have persecution against me doesn't mean I'm gonna shrink back and no. stop. No, I'm not going to. There, there, there are lives at stake out there. It's not God's will that any perish. I know that. I know that people. Some people are perishing, but it's not God's will. God wants you to be well in every area of your life, and He wants you to have a personal relationship with Him. And that's that's very important to me that I have that opportunity. And thank God we live in a nation where we have an opportunity to do that. And I pray that we never lose that opportunity. And the price and the persecution is worth what we have. Yeah. And that's what you have to remember when you're faced with judgment or you're faced with someone screaming in your face about something that you don't agree with. And it happens sometimes. And you have to sit back, close your eyes, and remember this is absolutely worth it. What we have and what we believe is so worth it. And the person well, screaming at you doesn't have what we have. Just remember, it's not who's right, it's what's right. It's what's right. And I'll stake my life on the Bible and the Word of God. It's as relevant today, more relevant than the Internet. If it makes you feel any better, we are uh, on your side and we know how it feels to face the judgment and persecution for your faith. It probably doesn't. Most people always try to say, you know, oh, I know how you feel. Misery loves company. Yeah, it's still sometimes is hard to swallow. And I, I wish that we didn't face that and I wish that you didn't either. But unfortunately, it does come with the territory. However, remember in those situations, it is worth it. And 
what we have with our Christian faith is so much more wonderful than anything anyone else could throw your way. It's worth it. And try to be forgiving even when you don't want to and forgive those who persecute you. It's not easy, I know. But do your best. We do our best and we fail, but we, we try. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Yeah, that's a good one to remember. <laughs> there, it's worth it. The persecution is worth it. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm not inviting persecution now. No. Well, let's, let's leave that as our closing line. We'll see you next time. I'm not inviting persecution now. Thanks for tuning in. Don't invite persecution into your life either, but when it occasionally faces you, remember that the benefits far outweigh the negatives. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We have a special offer available for you. Just click on the link in the description for your free download. And don't forget to subscribe and turn on your notifications. As always, you can find additional teaching and resources from Richard and Lindsay Roberts and request prayer at oralroberts.com or call the prayer group at 918-495-7777.